The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Devo. What a night at Kauffman Stadium as the second biggest crowd of the year. 39,302 is treated to a 7-6 KC win behind a balanced attack that saw five different Royals get RBIs off of nemesis Jeff the Shark Samarja and the Royals win game two. What's up? It's Devo. Glad you are along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. I called for a sweep in this series, and we're two-thirds of the way there. We will preview and discuss tomorrow's game at length coming up here in just a few minutes. But, of course, we'll start by breaking down this offensive game, at least in the middle innings. It goes no offense, lots of offense, no offense again pretty much as this game went on. Let's talk about it and begin with our player of the game. And there were quite a few candidates tonight for the Royals. The main two to me were Kendrys Morales and Salvador Perez. Escobar, also a nice night, quietly at the top of the order, scoring a few runs for the Royals. We'll give Kendrys Morales, though, the player of the game tonight on Clubhouse Conversation. Kendrys achieving number five on the season. He is in a three-way tie for third place. Eric Hosmer with nine this year. Moose and Volquez with seven. And then you have Gordo, Salvi, and Kendrys all with five player of the games. Lorenzo Cain knocking on the door right behind with four. But Kendrys, two for four tonight. A double, two RBIs, and a run. His RBI total is now at 78 as he continues his quest to achieve 100 RBIs. Can you name the last Royal to do that? 100 RBIs? Billy Butler did it back in 2012. Knocking in 107 did Butler during that all-star season. But, you know, so Kendry's a great night, but like I said, Salvi is the same thing. A couple of RBIs, a couple of hits, also had a double. A nice double up the right field line, and that was the second of two uh, right field hits that Salvi had tonight. That's a great thing to see. Uh, and let's start, you know, by talking about both of them, both the fourth and the fifth innings, where the Royals got all of their runs tonight off of Jeff Samarja. So the Royals get behind in the top of the fourth, two to nothing, after the first of two home runs by Jose Abreu tonight. That was his 20th. 21 is next at bat, both off of Jeremy Guthrie. The first one was gone, and then Adam LaRoche grounds into a double play to get the second run for the White Sox. The Royals, though, as they've done all season, it seems like, come right back and either tie the game or get the lead back, and they do that, a three spot in the bottom of the fourth. Escobar leads off with a single. And how about the at-bats from Mike Moustakis and Lorenzo Cain there in that bottom of the fourth? Don't let those be forgotten. Both down on the count, 0-2. Runner first, nobody out. Down 2 nothing. They're both down at the count 0-2. What do they do? They work walks. They both walk. That gives the Royals bases loaded and nobody out. You have a ground out by Eric Hosmer and Kendris Morales that both give KC a couple of runs. The White Sox probably should have been out of one of those, you know, on a double play ball. But the Royals tied up there, and you can't assume the double play. So, of course, the best part about that is the runs were still all earned to Jeff Samarja. Ha, 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 ha. We like that around here, don't we? A two-out single to right by Salvador Perez knocks in moves for that third run. That was the first of two hits for Salvi to right field. So KC gets a 3-2 to two lead, comes back in the fourth, or sorry, the fifth, and knocked in four more, getting Jeff Samarja out of the game. Gerard Dyson continues to be amazing as a fourth outfielder for the Royals, as he has each of the last couple of seasons. A triple leading off that fifth inning. Alcides Escobar drilled the first pitch by a fastball. That looked a bit questionable from Samarja, I thought. Then you have Mike Moustakis. The big sacrifice fly, nearly gone, by the way. Gone in Chicago. Gone in quite a few parks. The wind maybe slightly blowing out 
towards left, maybe knocking that ball down a little bit to right field. Probably would have been gone, even if the wind wasn't blowing. But a warning track shot by Moose brings in Dyson for the first run of that inning. And then Lorenzo Kane singles in a run. Then Kendris Morales doubles in a run, which gets Samarja out of the game four and two-thirds in. And then Salvador Perez caps off the scoring for the Royals and gives Samarja his seventh earned run allowed of the evening with that double. He smokes up the right field line. All in all, the Royals continue to dominate Jeff Samarja. We told you coming in his ERA over six coming into this game against the Royals so far this year. They pile on seven more runs and four and two-thirds with six hits, and they'll likely see him at least one more time throughout the rest of this year. Samarja you now drops to eight and seven, while Jeremy Guthrie improves to eight and seven. So Guthrie, same record as Samarja. Samarja, a 4-6-2 ERA, and Guthrie's ERA is above 5-8. So both guys having disappointing seasons for sure. Obviously, Samarja much more disappointing because he was seen as a bona fide number two behind Chris Sale. You know, Quintana then coming up at number three. That was a pretty good one through three, especially when you throw in John Danks towards the back of that rotation as well. And some of the young guys the White Sox have coming up through the system, sliding into that fifth spot by the end of the year. So it's supposed to be a great rotation for the White Sox. Hasn't worked out that way. Samarja's been a bust for sure this year for the White Sox. Now, Guthrie, let's talk about him because he pitched better than the line indicated tonight. For sure. Secondary pitches, probably the best they've been, uh, what, at least a month for Guthrie. I'm not going to say all year because that's not true, but they were very good tonight. Slider, much more control. We talked about that, how Jeremy had been struggling with that throughout the year. Was better tonight. Off-speed pitches as well. Guthrie goes five and two-thirds, giving up six runs on ten hits, one K and one walk. And again, he was so close to going six innings, three runs. So close. One out away. Gives up that fourth run, and then Luke Hochaver comes in and allows, after a walk and a hit, two more to score that are charged to Guthrie. So six goes on his record. But, man, it was so close to going 6-3 and three for a quality start. Jeremy Guthrie looked a lot better tonight. Pitches were a lot better. He kept the ball down a lot better. He kept the ball out of the middle of the plate. Definitely Guthrie gets another start coming up on, I believe, Thursday be his time through the rotation. So I believe we'll see him out there again on Thursday. Uh, you know, had Luke Kochaver gotten the out right away when he came in, five and two-thirds, four runs, it's not bad for Guthrie. And had Guthrie snuck out of that inning there, which he came pretty close to doing, six innings, three runs, we'd be saying, wow, great start. Either way, by Guthrie, it was encouraging to me. I thought he was better than the line indicated tonight. Luke Kochaver, like I said, gets just one out, but does get the Royals with the tying runs on base out of that sixth inning. And then the bullpen was being the bullpen from that point on. Ryan Matson, good to see. One, two, three in the seventh. Kelvin Herrera allows just a walk in the eighth, gets through that. And Greg Holland sitting and touching. Well, touch 97, sitting at 95 and 96 with the fastball there in the ninth inning. One, two, three on three strikeouts. How about that fastball? It's the last thing Abreu expected to end the game. Backwards K looking on the fastball over the outside edge. After nothing but off-speed and breaking balls throughout that at bat to Abreu. How about that pitch by Holland to get out of that? Not really get out of it. Nobody was on base. But, you know, when you've got a guy like Abreu, you're still getting out of it because he's already hit two home runs tonight. I had shades of Bo Jackson at Yankee Stadium, by the way, in my head after he hit the first two home runs back-to-back. And then coming up, he grounded out that next at bat. But I kept thinking, you know, Bo Jackson hit three one night and then, of course, got injured, came back against the Seattle Mariners in 1990 and cranked another home run. And his next at bat at KC, what, like six weeks later, that was four straight at bats with home runs. I had a brief thought of Bo, but luckily the Royals didn't allow that to happen. This evening. So the Royals now move to 65 and 44. 53 games to go. Here's where we're at. Ten and a half game lead in the AL Central over the Twins. The Tigers only a game further back at 11 and a half. 
like I said, AL Central's toast. The Royals from now on could finish 22 and 31 and win the division for sure. 22 and 31 gets the Royals to 87 wins. 87 and 75. I don't believe anybody's going to win 87 games in the AL Central besides the Royals. So realistically, the Royals could go nine under 500 from here on out and win this division. Like I told you, I'm going to start focusing exclusively on the home field advantage. And the Royals do gain a game in that regard. Although you get a little scared about the Blue Jays, who have now now won nine of their last ten, seven in a row. They edged the Yankees 6-0 today. Blue Jays white hot. Winning those games on Yankee Stadium. A couple of games to start this series. So they're now two and a half behind the Yankees. So the Royals four games ahead of the Yankees, six and a half ahead of Toronto. I'm just paying attention to the Yankees right now. Eventually Toronto's got to cool off a bit, and those teams do have ten more games head-to-head. So you would think the Yankees get at least four or five of those, and they kind of beat each other up over the last you know couple of months here, month and a half of the season. But the Royals four games up now for that quest to get home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs, the best record. That's a huge deal. Don't anybody tell you that's not a big deal. That's what you pay attention to now because if you're paying attention to that, you're obviously going to coast to an easy division win. If you're focusing on a four-game lead versus a ten and a half, it's going to keep you at the top of your game, and you need that really, especially this year with teams like the Yankees and the Blue Jays who are both built for their home parks. I think more so than ever, those teams may even be built for their park more than the Royals are, because you look at them. I mean, Toronto. I don't know what's going on there. You know, you can speculate about sign stealing or cheating. I don't know that that's really happening, but whatever the case, Toronto mashes at home and not so much on the road. Look at their OPS is like a hundred plus points different compared to home on the road. Then you've got the Yankees. All those left-handed hitters, the Royals, only one shutdown left-handed starter, only one lefty in their bullpen. You get all those lefties in that short porch in Yankee Stadium, the veterans. Both of those two teams are built for their park big time, as compared to last year in the playoffs where. Who was really built? Baltimore, kind of. They had a lot of home runs, but the Angels, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a huge ballpark advantage, I didn't feel like. This year, I feel like it would be. So uh, you focus on the home field for two reasons. Like I said, you need it, A, to make a deep run in the playoffs and get back to the World Series, hopefully, and B, that keeps you on your toes. That's a legit pennant race. Four games is far from over. Far from over. Ten and a half is over. So if you're focusing on the four, you're going to clinch the ten and a half with ease. That's why I really don't care about second place in the AL Central. As I just told you, the Royals could go 22 and 31 and win the AL Central. So I believe they'll go more like 30 and 23 and probably get to 95 wins. That's my prediction for the Royals, who I imagine will, you know, rest some guys the last seven to ten games of the year, I hope. I hope the Royals have a five or six game lead in that division going into the last seven to ten games. So, Or sorry, not the division, on the home field. Hopefully they have a five or six game lead in the home field with seven to ten games to go so they can rest some of these guys down the stretch there in the last week. So Carlos Quintana and Danny Duffy going tomorrow. Carlos is 6-9 with a 3-5-0. We talk about him all the time here. One of the most underrated pitchers in the American League. Two straight innings of 200 innings or more. Well on his way this year. Throws really well. Quality starts in nine of his last ten, except for the outing against the Royals on July 18th when he allowed four runs and five and a third against KC. Also faced the Royals on April 8th and 24th. Combined three no decisions against the Royals this year in a 5-7-9 ERA. A guy who's really tough in the rest of the league, but for whatever reason, the Royals hit him, which is the exact opposite, obviously, of Johnny Danks. Now the Royals throw Danny Duffy in the game that I believe they'll win tomorrow based on Duffy alone, who now has seven straight starts of six innings or more 
and an ERA of 274 during that span. So 274 ERA during those seven starts of six innings or more. Duff is 1-0 against the Sox in three starts this year with a 295 ERA. I believe the Royals will get this job done tomorrow, get the sweep tomorrow, and uh, you know continue the good homestand. They're home forever through next Sunday. Hopefully you can make it out and see the Royals before they go one more time into National League territory and head to Cincinnati to face the Reds starting the next road trip before going to Boston on that. So we'll be back with you again soon here on Clubhouse Conversation. Keep it here for all your favorite current and former Royal interviews. Plenty more of those lined up. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe there. At Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you right here if you want to comment inside this dish. You want to email me, Dave O at clubhouseconversation.com. Hope all is well. Go Royals.